It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, your weekly devotional. I'm here with the master of mystery, the conjurer of darkness, the one who brings unknowing into the known, Pastor Charlie Eastman of Pilgrim Congregational Church of Southborough, Massachusetts. And I'm here with Jonathan Malone of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. That's all you got? I gave you a... I don't know. Some days the yes end just doesn't yield an end. I just had to go with the yes. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks for making me boring. I'm here with Jonathan Malone, and he has a goatee. Well, thanks. That's You know what? Fine. And hair on his head. Let's just do that. You know what? If that's how the podcast is going to be, no nonsense, right to business. Right. How are things at South (laughs) (laughs) They are well. We are going to be open for worship on Sunday, both outdoors and in. The indoor service at 10 a.m. is going to be live streamed. So anybody that can't be here for whatever reason can always get it that way. And of course, you can listen to the recording uh, via the website all week long. But additionally, we're back to outdoor worship, Mm -hmm. weather permitting at 1130. And uh, with both these services, you sign up via Eventbrite in order to attend. I can't wait till that moment. Ah, is this going to be your first indoor service? Services and not worry about that stuff. But no, no, we worshipped indoors for a while, but the rates, oh yeah, infection rates in Massachusetts were skyrocketing. So we um, took a step back, but we are we are coming back. Oh, that's great. Oh, maybe I'll sign up and show up. Two services. I love it. I like preaching twice a day. It's it's enervating and and it changes the message a little bit Mm -hmm. each time. I I recommend it to colleagues who've never done it. I mean, maybe just set up in your office and preach a second version of the sermon. I don't know. Whatever whatever works. Yeah. Sometimes I preach four or five times and then once more to the folks. See? See? Um, also, I wanted to uh, remind people that we are still uh, receiving um, items for the food pantry, specifically chili without beans, cranberry uh-huh. juice in 64-ounce bottles, mm-hmm. and a mystery item that I've forgotten. See? Master of mystery. Mm-hmm. The conjurer of deception. I'm really good at that. What is the last item? It's here in my notes. Oh, of course, because I don't eat it. Chunky peanut butter. Oh, chunky peanut. You don't like chunky peanut butter? No. Smooth? As long as it's all peanuts. As long as it's pure peanut, I like smooth peanut butter. Now, if it's... So so, no sugar added, no nothing Right, right. So the all-natural peanut butter. But Mm -hmm. but, uh, now if it's peanuts, cashews, and almonds... In one butter? Yeah, actually, Trader Joe's does a mixed peanuts butter. Mixed peanuts. So it's a mix of, of different kinds of nuts. Not mixed peanuts. Mixed nuts butter. It's good. Okay, about that product, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that's just nuts. <laughs> I don't know why I'm yeah, laughing at that because it's a horrible joke, but thank you for doing it, it. Okay. That was the proverbial snake jumping out of the can that I expected to happen, and yet. That's, you knew it was coming. It was coming. Away. In. But, but anyway, it's still fun. Every- Every so often, I want to check in on the uh, on the Southboro Food Pantry uh, need items, just yeah. because you can drop them off yeah. anytime in the bins at the back. And thank you to everyone who supports our neighbors who are suffering any level of food insecurity. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do want to know. Makes everything else harder. What do you do with all the beans that you take out of the chili? Oh, we we um, use them for uh, craft projects. For oh, the kids. okay, that's smart. So you have to re-dry them. We're crafty, and then uh, and then you do your as one does. Yeah. Yeah, we have a nice long wall outside the Memorial Cemetery, so we just line them up along the wall. Anytime you see the beads, just leave them. Just leave them. Yeah, yeah. They're drying. They're there for a reason. How about East Greenwich, Rhode Island? What's East, going on? East Greenwich, we are eating chili with the beans. 
Mm. Uh, we don't remove, and all of our peanut butter is crunchy. So B is not just for Baptist; it's also for beans, for beans. in. Beans in, beans in. That's what we've always how we described ourselves. What kind of Baptist mm-hmm. are you? We're the beans in kind of Baptist. Beans in Baptist. Beans just in don't Baptist. Sit too close. Things are. <laughs> As a friend of mine said, some of the best advice you can give to a pastor is, on a Sunday morning, don't have beans for breakfast. Mm. Um, things are going well. We have a first on Saturday. We have our May breakfast. If you are hearing this and you have not yet gotten your ticket for the May breakfast, you got to do it now. Your time is running out, so you've got to get Come that. On. It's it's takeout this year, um, but we're glad to be serving it. Best breakfast you'll have all month. So the May breakfast that's a Saturday. A bold claim, including if you cook breakfast at home. Including, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, wow. no question, no question. You have little faith in the culinary abilities of the people. Well, uh, you know, I've eaten, I've been around. Okay. <laughs> Well, there it, is. there it is. Another slap in the face for yeah. First Baptist Church in East Greenwich. <laughs> Moving on quickly on Sunday, we're having <laughs> Sunday we are having a congregational meeting. It's very important. Um, we have the bid in for the church house renovation project. The trustees <gasps> feel great about it. They want to present You're that. We're going to do a thing. We're doing a thing. And, and doing we, a thing. And, it's great when churches are doing things. And we need the congregation to say, yes, do it, or no, Come don't. Come on down with your yes vote. Yeah, please. Well, I mean, do or, what you think is right. with your questions yeah. or whatever, right? But that is Sunday following worship. We're going to have it on Zoom or in person. You can, you know, whatever is most comfortable for you. Uh, right on. You know, but we'll make that happen. And um, we're telling people, come on back for worship. Uh, there are they are loosening restrictions more and more. You've got to keep your masks on. You know, got to stay mm-hmm. safe. If you feel sick, don't come to church. That should just be a rule in general. Yeah. Um, but you know, come check it out. We're, we're still here. We have kids' church going on in in a safe way. Uh, so yeah, come on back. Uh, but that's that's what's going on. Uh, beyond that, I think that's it. That's enough. Right, it's enough. We we yeah. sometimes we make these kitchen sinkers where we just go on and on with the different things that are going on, and sometimes, like Holy Week, that's relevant and right. timely. But yeah, yeah, that's good enough. It's enough. It's enough. Yeah. So, I think we should start. Let's let's start just with the segue. Okay. Now. Segway. Now, we're, this is part three of our, of our series on um, America losing its religion, and I will not enter any of the REM music, because I think last week you rudely interrupted yeah, the drop, uh, yeah. and, and I just don't want to do that to Michael Stipe. He deserves better. I appreciate that. He deserves and, and we don't want to do that to Brian Walsh, either, the author of the article for Axios. Right. Uh, who got us started on this four-part series. You know, uh, but you know, part the, three of four is always the important part one. Part one. And do you know Brian Walsh was actually, um, he was the original basis for REM? No. Of course not. No. Oh, good. You scared me. It's like, how could I miss such a relevant factoid? But, but I do want to. I, I do want to. St- <laughs> that was good. It was just another dad joke. Yep. Um, I do want to start. So last week, I I said something. Um, I, so I want to start with an apology and a retraction, if I might, oh, Charlie. And I have a. Good I have stuff. it written out this here. This is podcast gold. I love I, apologies. If I might. So it's, this is written mm-hmm. out because I want to make sure I get this right. Oh please! I love watching other people apologize. <clears throat> this is going to be hard for me. But I'm going to try to power through it. It's very emotional. It's not mm-hmm. easy for me to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last week, 
I stated that in the 1950s, it was very likely that the great and wonderful condiment, mayonnaise, would have been sold in cans. I even suggested that there may have been a time when, on the 5th of May, people would collect no less than five cans of mayonnaise and celebrate with said cans. I realized that I was wrong with such a statement. As much as I would have liked to believe it, mayonnaise was never sold in cans. Such a suggestion denigrates the honorable and time-tested reputation of mayonnaise. I retract such a statement and sentiment and apologize to the mayonnaise industry and all of the mayonnaise-related culinary delights that might have been offended or harmed by such a statement. These include, but are not restricted to, ham salad, tuna salad, egg salad, deviled eggs, spinach artichoke dip, grilled cheese, mayonnaise cake, ranch dressing, turkey salad, potato salad, tomato pie, lobster roll, coleslaw, Dagwood sandwiches, and mayonnaise casserole. And now, as an expression of my um, deep regret, I think we should just enjoy some mayonnaise together. Charlie, I think I sent you a jar of mayonnaise. If we could just get our spoons out and... Thank you. Just, uh, yeah, just scooping. Can't get the lid open here. Mm. All right. Yeah, this is artisanal mayonnaise. It's hard to eat by its own, though. Man, oh, man. Good so, stuff. I wanted to... Mm, Not me, uh, quite as tasty as your apology, though. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, you know, when you're wrong, you've got to admit it. And here, you you got me good. I thought I thought the segue was the actual segue. <laughs> that was a buried lead, if ever I heard one. How come we didn't start with that? So important. That was the well, mayonnaise apology. You know what's important about mayonnaise that? cake? Mayonnaise cake. Did yeah, you say mayonnaise? I did cake? say mayonnaise cake. That actually is a thing. Have you had it? No, God no. Why would I eat that? Okay. Yeah. yeah mayonnaise casserole. I guess I could. I made that. I made that one up, but oh, I I imagine it's made with Fritos and Mm. um, um, French cut green beans and and cream of mushroom soup. Cream of mushroom soup, as one does. But you know, there's something about an apology that speaks to a certain Mm -hmm. kind of morality that one might have. I see what you did there. See how I did that? Lovely. (laughs) Yeah, this wasn't just an arbitrary. Capricious kind of. It speaks to the fact that one might have a morality at all. That and there is our segue. There it is. No, um, so this is part three of of this losing our religion, and and Brian Walsh says, suggests that one of the things that might be we might be losing or, or that might we might no longer have that sense of is this place of a moral center. Mm. Um, I mean, he doesn't say that overtly, but that has been suggested as part of the purpose of of churches is it offers that moral grounding. Mm -hmm. And and if we were to go back to, let's say, the 1700s, maybe the 1780s, if we might. Let's go there. When the First Amendment itself was being drafted— Part of the worry in, in putting in the separation clause, the disestablishment clause, and saying there shouldn't be there should be a separation of church and state is where would the moral grounding be for the people if we mm-hmm. don't have the church present in the doings of the government? You know, and, and they say, well, we'll rely on human reason, human rationale, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, the church still has been very active, very present in the political and social sphere of the United States 
throughout the centuries. But as we're seeing this change, this shift, that is part of the worry. Now, I see you, you took out a, a tome, Charlie. I did take out a tome. Um, I was looking for a quote, and I didn't find it while you were speaking, Oh, unfortunately. You want me to but, keep speaking? Um, I can keep going. No, the tome I took out was by James, James William McClendon, Jr. Oh, I had it that book. It is the ethics book out of yeah. the three-volume series. Um, and honestly, just the beginning of the chapter, chapter six, social ethics and Christian community, it mm. says, there is no solitary Christianity. Mm. The moral life of Christians is a social life. Um, and I think, I think that's really important for us to remember, because I think in the vacuum of one's own heart, uh, you can craft a sense of God's purpose uh, for you uh, that is very convenient and, and very much aligned with just the way you are. Mm. <laughs> and only in community do we experience the proving of our moral fiber. That, wow, that moment where what we have mm-hmm. interacts with the world in a, in a smaller way, yep. in, the, in the congregation, in order to test its mettle for whether it is uh, worthy to be shared outside the congregation. And I think that's something that uh, from the time when children are raised in congregations, they have the sense that there is uh, there are accepted ways and means within the congregation that govern the life of the congregation together, Mm -hmm. there is a heightened sense of responsibility, greater than what I think kids get at school, Mm -hmm. uh, greater than what we only get in our, in our families of origin. Um, And part of the reason for that is children find themselves around adults who are not their parents, but who share value and vision with their parents. And so in light of that, adults also have that benefit (laughs) of being around other adults who share value and vision against whom we can test our, our sense of, of faith and justice and everything else. So, Now, we have gone too far, we being church folk. And, mm. and I think sure. the examples of that are, are so numerous yeah. that that might be part of, and, and Walsh doesn't suggest this, but I think that might be part of the reaction against a presence, the, the the presence of institutional religion. Yeah, and here's where I'd like to be more in dialogue with Walsh. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wish he could come on the show because I have this question for him about how much of this does he think or perceive from the work that he's done is are 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 the not is the are mm. the assumptions of the respondents to the survey about what happens in churches. Mm. Because those of us that are still in churches are not doing church for the most part, the way we did it in the, say, 70s, 80s, 90s. It's right. different now. Things have evolved and changed. They always have. Yeah. Churches change. The truth stays the same. The Jesus message, mm-hmm. the God messages stay the same. But we change our response to the world in relation to the messages all the time, and I feel like so many times when we read an article like Walsh's, mm-hmm. um, America Losing Its Religion, we're treated to this historic sense of what church is about that those of us who are still in the church know is not the church currently. It's almost like yeah. they're making a decision not to attend church based on the church of the 80s. I want to push back it, on that a little bit because I think please. we're in a we're, we are in a privileged place from that, or maybe not a privileged mm. place, but we're in mm. kind of a microcosm. 
uh, and that perhaps if we were doing, if we were pastors in maybe Missouri mm-hmm. or Ohio or Florida or you know places that aren't. You mean new- where there's actual competition? Yeah. And and where yeah yeah and where Christianity has a different flavor, I think you'll you'll still see a more of a strident morality being okay. pushed by many of those churches, and then the reaction to that. Uh, yeah. Here, well, then let me push back on that. Oh, I see how this is. <laughs> Please, this is the truth episode. This is like if, tennis. <laughs> if that's your experience of church, why do you settle for that? Ooh. Why do you settle for that? If that's all you're getting from a church, why is that the final word? And why is the only response to turn and walk away? Right, right. Why Why is... Uh, anyway, because so, we're lazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I was going to say it's because our understa- our presumption of what truth is supposed to be becomes so suffocating that it has mm. to... Let me let me let me back up from that a second. We have this okay. idea that we have the right answer of who God is. And for the only way for us to control that is then to control the way people live out the way we think they're supposed to live in reaction in response to who we say God is. And everything mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. constrained. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you open up the the avenues for ambiguity around what might be right and what might be wrong. You open up the, the space for ambiguity about who God might be, and mm-hmm. that can become really scary. So now Perhaps. I, I yeah. wonder then, and when we say we have a truth, is that truth here, who, here is who God is without any question, or is the truth we are a people who are searching and we believe there is, a, there is an out there, out there, there is a divine out there, but we also hold the truth that we can't know it and speak to it fully. And so we're going to wonder and grow and it, it, together. And that's, that is a different kind of amorphous truth that is mm-hmm. really terrifying for, for churches and hard Can to be. sell. That, that's really hard to put on a, on a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A few years ago, no, maybe 10 years ago now, maybe longer, there was a, uh, a series, uh, I'm not going to be able to find it quickly, but um, mm-hmm. the there was this series called Living the Questions. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That was like the, that? the response to Alpha, the Alpha series, yeah. which was like, let's give and you the answers. Exactly. Yeah, there's so many, not, not fundamentalist, but more conservative Christian resources helping people understand the basic tenets of the faith. The, the fundamentals, mm-hmm. if not fundamentals. Yeah, I see what you did. Nicely done. But <laughs> the, um, the, <laughs> the point of this series living the questions, which I thought was great for a bumper sticker, yeah. was to was to invite those Christians in mm-hmm. who don't need an answer for right. everything and who are willing to live in the gray areas, recognizing that that's where life happens. That so, it doesn't happen right. all sorted out, perfectly right. aligned. So I personally, it's the only kind of faith I want to be a part yeah. of. But I think... So I do. I think part of my response to to Walsh's article is for for churches to do for for churches to stand up and say we do still hold to a sense of truth and a sense mm-hmm. of what is right and what is wrong. We are in di- absolutely yeah. And we're talking about relativism other- up here, right? But I would say we've got to keep it still broad. So a, a good rule of thumb is, if anyone is being maligned, pushed away, 
beaten down or told that they're worthless, that church has it wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good rule of thumb. If anyone goes to a church and they're said, you know, we're glad you're here, but you need to change who you are, mm. then they're doing it wrong. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. But that's not the tr- truth, capital T, that's wrong. That's the truth of that particular congregation right. that's right. that's wrong. Right. Now, it's not to say that we are to try to better our habits. Um, right. You know, there are certainly, we all have things we do. We So we're, we're not perfect, but we are loved. Mm-hmm. If that makes that difference make sense. Yeah. I feel like, well, see, for me, this whole argument, the, the whole idea of morality and, and how it's communicated is such a straw man argument for people to step away hmm from one of the greatest benefits of the church. Because what this says to me, the fact that there is a morality, that there is a right and a wrong Mm -hmm. and a set of rules that we're asked to follow when we join Christian community, the fact that that exists is, is part of the submission to the idea that there's something bigger than me out there, Mm. that, that God is great and I am small. And that doesn't mean my desires are small or that I want to live a small life, but it means in relation to God, there is always something bigger than me, and that is God. Mm. And God's will is is something that I try to discern and seek to serve, and I I try to understand God's preference for other people and their wants and desires over mine sometimes. And I and I want to I, I want to remember that in my daily life. And Churches are a place where people get in tune with that rather than this, oh, you desire it, you should go get it because right. you want it. You know, it's like um, yeah. a, an analogy for me is I've been looking at electric cars lately. And when someone's looking at an electric car, one of the first questions people will ask them is, well, first of all, can you afford it? Because you pay a premium for that technology. But right. then where's the electricity coming from, smart guy? You know, are you going to buy an electric vehicle that's going to be powered by coal, ele- coal-fired electricity? Then you are part of the problem. So you have right. to understand your place and all the implications of your place right. in the system. And I feel like without a community to help you understand that, you're you're just you're missing something. And in the last episode, we really laid out. I think without question why it's important to be a part of a community and why churches offer that. I think we solved that problem, didn't we? Last Sorry, week? I didn't mean to be. Yeah, but no, my that was point really is good. not that my point is not that you need community because you do. And right. yes, I feel like we oh, did no, affirm that last time. I didn't feel like you were being that redundant. Within that community yeah. is where you'll discern the truth. So I, I, and I like that because there's still a sense of, then there's a sense of responsibility within the community. I, I want to yeah. go back to your term of like your your sense of of laziness. And, and <laughs> I don't think you're wrong, Charlie. I, I think mm. there is this this laziness of saying like I'm just going to do what I want and it's going to be good enough. Because community sure. is hard. You know, being a part That's of right. a group of people is hard because we yep. have to let go of things. We have to compromise. the first time you're in a church meeting where mm. you hear someone say something, someone who you respect and appreciate, yeah. but is the exact opposite conclusion that you're drawing about something, and you realize, oh great, now I have to talk them out of that or agree to follow their wrong path. What do I do now? Right. That's a hard moment. Yeah, that's a hard moment. But but the same thing would come up if you were part of a 
marriage. I don't know if you were if you were part of a marriage, if you were at a shooting range, if you were at a all, all different kinds of places and endeavors. If at the Grange, among other farmers, mm. who are making choices about how to, you know, there's so human interaction is is constant, and rarely do you get a place to enact human interaction where people will admit that there's more than just your your relative moral right. choice. And that's where and, and that's where I think churches still have not just churches, churches, synagogues, mosques, religious communities. Bodies of faith. Yeah, yeah. communities of faith. That's where they still have a voice. And it is a mm-hmm. voice of morality, but it isn't this voice of morality that dictates how you are supposed to you know, your sexual mores or or fashion mm-hmm. choices. Mm-hmm. It's one that says you need to be in community and being in community calls you to be responsible to others and to be engaged with others and then with a sense of the holy other with with responsible with to others i really appreciate that mm. that's that's an important distinction um sometimes churches will find out that someone's gonna have a surgery or had a surgery more likely in yeah. new england yeah um, they always tell you after the fact but uh <laughs> then the church says oh well let us bring you some meals and the right. person responds with oh my neighbors took care of that Hmm. My neighbors did that. My neighbors did, did all that for me. You don't have to do anything. We're good. Well, that may be true, but when you finally have a real disagreement with that neighbor, right? Are you still going to be sharing meals with each other? Hmm. Are you still going? Are you going to follow it out to the end of why you're in disagreement and get it sorted out? Probably not the way you would in a community of faith. It's the foundation well, of our of our relationships mm-hmm. is different. That's right. That's right. It's, yeah. I feel like I keep setting them up and you keep spiking them. Hey, we're oh, doing great oh, today. We started with pushing back and pushing back, and now we've got this. I thought this was about more relativism, but apparently it's just our grand affirmation of ourselves. A little more of that mayonnaise. I think it's the mayonnaise. It, mm. it, it must be the oh, mayonnaise. Oh, good. Oh. Oh, white people are horrifying sometimes. <laughs> have, have some more mayonnaise. Mayonnaise makes people moral. I think that's our... Mayonnaise Clearly. and morality, they go hand in hand. <laughs> well, they both start with them. They both start with them. I'm going to write to the Hellman's yeah. company and see if they want that for an advertising slogan and if I'll get a cut. Mm. I think you should try it. <laughs> it could only, could only help, right? That was a great pastoral response. I think you should try it. <laughs> um, so, folks, I hope you'll... Reread, you know, at the three out of four and, and a series about an article. Um, I hope you'll go back to the article this week. Yeah, and and see what things are are resonant for you, and see if this idea of morality is something that you think we're losing touch with. And I'd love to hear from you at twelve enough. Yeah, twelve enough at gmail dot com. Yeah, please send in. I, I, let me just say. If I, we can be more, if I could be more overt, more mm. obvious, what we saw on January sixth, the Epiphany insurrection, was a lack of morality, mm. because there was a lack of a sense of the bigger community, and there was a lack of a sense of a responsibility to each other, and maybe yeah. there were some people there that were church-going folks, and maybe mm-hmm. there were people there that loved Jesus. I, you know, I can't speak to that. But I did right. not see any kind of true church principles being lived out in that moment. And I've yeah. seen churches at their worst. 
I've heard about churches at their worst, and I've never seen churches doing that, that are really still true to their principles as a people grounded in faith and a God that loves them. Mm-hmm. That's why religious communities are necessary. Okay. I wanted to, I wanted to put that fine point on it. I wanted to Amen. make sure we got that across. I think that's important. Yeah, be, be outraged. Be outraged at your government and, and mm-hmm. at the way it runs, and then use the channels to correct that, that that show that you understand that you're part of a community, Yeah. not that it's just your way or the highway. Okay. Uh, let me get some more mayonnaise. Let me just, right. uh... Thank you for getting that out of your system. We're going to move to a time of prayer, okay. not a time of mayonnaise. I have this prayer. Um, Sorry, let me... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was too big of a spoonful. Um, I have two prayers. There are people who, who are going to be so triggered and not able to listen to this episode. The idea of eating mayonnaise out of a jar is just... Next Ugh. week, boiled eggs. Hard-boiled eggs. Just oh. going to... One after another. You went there. Um, so I've got a lovely prayer. From oh, I thought I was doing friend. the prayer this time. Oh, you are? Well, you, do you, have a, you said you have a lovely prayer? No. Well, no, it's all right. To... What do you have? <laughs> What's your prayer? Let's compare. Mine's from C.S. Lewis. It's from a grief of Oh, that's right. Oh, let's just do both. Let's you read yours and I'll read mine and that'll be our prayers today. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Look at hey, Let's do that. Anyone who says this isn't a well thought out and pre-planned podcast, they can stuff it. We plan this out. We have production meetings. We really I send mayonnaise jars. Could I could I get an invite? Next time there's a production. Oh, meeting. right. So, um, oh, yeah. No, we sent it. I don't know what happened. Um, oh. Gosh. No, Wait. I had two because mine are short. One is by um, Soren Kierkegaard. Oh, boy. I know, but it's very. It's a very quick one. And another one, it, it said Source Unknown. I went on the internets to find out because I found – I said Source Unknown from a book that I have. And so I went on the internets. Mm-hmm. And one said it was from some lawyer – Herb or Hugo something, but then another place said it's a Kenyan prayer. Oh, so I'm going to go with Kenyan. Well, is it possible that Herb is Kenyan and he's the lawyer from Kenya? It's unlikely, but I'm not sure what you're saying there. But okay, um, um, let's go with that. Say it's a Kenyan prayer. Okay, so let's have Kierkegaard first. Okay, and then, then we'll Lewis. have C.S. Lewis, and then we'll finish with the prayerful Kenyan attorney. It's a C.S. Lewis sandwich. Indeed it is. And I want to just say, the C.S. Lewis piece I'm going to read isn't a prayer. It's a part of his book, A Grief Observed. A great book. But it talks about the will, the will Mm. to succeed at something, even in the face of the kind of adversity that it may feel like we face when we think about America losing its religion. So that's why I wanted to share this with everybody today. Fantastic. All right, take it away, John and Soren. So first from Soren Kierkegaard. Lord, give us weak eyes for things which are of no account, and clear eyes for all your truth. Mm -hmm. From C.S. Lewis. Once very near the end, I said, if you can, if it is allowed, come to me when I too am on my deathbed. Allowed, she said, heaven would have a job to hold me, and as for hell, I'd break it into bits. She knew she was speaking a kind of mythological language, with even an element of comedy in it. There was a twinkle as well as a tear in her eye. Mm. But there was no myth and no joke about the will, deeper than any feeling that flashed through her. Mm. 
and from possibly a Kenyan prayer. From the cowardice that shrinks from new truths, from the laziness that is content with half-truth, from the arrogance that thinks it knows that thinks it knows all truth, O God of truth, deliver us. Amen. Amen. Wow, that's a great prayer too. Yeah. Like Good stuff. All right. Weak eyes. I'm done. Strong eyes. Yeah. Full hearts can't lose. Hey, there's the phone you sent. And there's the phone. Right. And uh, I think I'm done with the mayonnaise references. Uh, okay. Yeah, I really that. will. Uh, I will purge the pantry of all mayonnaise-related items. Wonderful. Uh, and well, thanks for coming, everybody. Please come back next week for part four of four yeah. on America losing its religion. The article by Brian Walsh at Axios. Yeah. Next week, spirituality. All right. Be well, everyone. We need it. Yeah. See you. Bye. Kitchen Table Spirituality is a part of the 12 Enough Network. Your hosts were Jonathan Malone, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island, and Charlie Eastman, the pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. If you'd like to send a comment about this show or other shows, you can send those to 12enough at gmail.com. 12 is written out. You can go to the show notes, uh, the webpage, and find the show notes for this episode and other episodes at 12enough.com. Please rate and like the show on uh, whatever form it is that you get to listen to it. And thank you very much for listening. salad, tuna salad, egg salad, deviled eggs, spinach artichoke dip, grilled cheese, mayonnaise cake, ranch dressing, turkey salad, potato salad, tomato pie, lobster roll, coleslaw, Dagwood sandwiches, and mayonnaise casserole.